Good morning. This is Stanford Christian Church, and I am Pastor Jeremy. A couple of weeks ago, one of my sons caught a frog. They actually caught three, but the others are somewhere in my mother-in-law's house. Escher kept it as a pet, and, and so we bought a tank, and we filled it with stuff that we thought a frog would like. Got crickets for it to eat, and as we tried to figure out all this stuff, we thought that we should probably identify what kind of frog it is to, to know more about how to care for it. So we looked up online at pictures and we studied identifying features. And these are characteristics that distinguish one kind from the next. Some frogs have webbed toes. Uh, they have different colored pupils or different shaped pupils in their eyes. Or apparently you can listen to the sound that they make and distinguish. We identified Asher's frog by some of its identifying characteristics. And so far it has not escaped and is still alive. You were like a frog. You have an identifying feature. This one characteristic that identifies followers of Jesus. Do you have it? We are currently working through the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My goal in this series is to witness the Holy Spirit growing this fruit in our lives as we take each fruit week by week. Today is love. Love, Jesus says, is the identifying characteristic of those who follow him. In John 13, 34 through 35, Jesus urges us to love one another. I give you a new commandment, Jesus says, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Love for other people is the identifying characteristic of a disciple of Jesus. Can you be identified by the way you love other people? If someone is studying and watching and listening to you, are they able to see it? This might be a call to repent. My purpose today is to motivate you to love more. When people look at your social media, do they see love? How about the waitress at the restaurant? Your coworkers, your family, your neighbors, those you do business with, can they see the love of Jesus in you? Love is the primary characteristic of the kingdom of God. What about this? How do you identify Christians? Do you use the same mark as Jesus, or have you made up your own, and have we adopted some that Jesus never gives us? The whole idea of the fruit of the Spirit is that these characteristics grow from the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. If the Holy Spirit is in your life, you will become more loving. 1 Corinthians 13 is a great scripture to teach us a thing or two about the significance of love. In verses 1-3, through three, Paul writes, if I speak in the tongues of humans and angels but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, if I hand over my body so that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. He then continues in verse 8. Love never ends, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. 
As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now, we see only a reflection, as in a mirror. But when we will see face to face, now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now, faith, hope, and love remain. These three, and the greatest of these, is love. Out of all the Christian activities that you can do, when you look at all the characteristics that you can strive after, love is the greatest of these. Without it, anything else is lacking. Without love, our religion becomes vain, lifeless, hypocrisy. Love is the primary characteristic of the kingdom of God. I intend to accomplish two things with the remainder of our time. First, to increase our understanding of what love is and and then to learn to put ourselves in a position where the Holy Spirit will grow love in us. So Jesus said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. But by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. At first glance, you may find it odd that Jesus calls uh, to love one another a new command. This command certainly has been stated before. Leviticus 19, 18, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In Matthew 22, 33 through 36, Jesus says that you can sum up all the law and the prophets by saying, love God more than anything and love others as yourself. So Jesus knows that this is not the first time this command has been stated. He classifies it as a new command because there are new developments and what love is. People have never before had a complete understanding, a complete picture of what love really is, but but now Jesus provides one. Jesus is and will do things that are going to transform our understanding of what love looks like. He's about to show the world that love is bigger and wider and deeper than they have ever known before. Up, up until Jesus comes, love's like an airplane way up in the sky. It, it's just a little dot, and you can kind of make out its wings, but you can't tell much about it. But now it has been brought down where, where we can inspect it and we can see all the details in every working part and really know what it is. Jesus shows what love really is. But before Jesus came, there was no true understanding of what love meant and what it really looked like because Jesus hadn't come to show us. Listen to this again. I give you a new command that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. He says, just as I have loved you, he says. God created and gave us a whole world of blessings. He cared for us, and we betrayed him. We wanted to be our own God, so we spurned him and rejected him, attempting to steal his throne. But he sent his son Jesus, leaving perfection with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and he, he stepped into the mess of this world, and he suffered and he died in cruelty to forgive and to redeem and to heal us who rejected and betrayed him. He did good to us, but we did evil to him. People beat him and mocked him and killed him, and he took all to do good to them. That is what love is. It says to love others as yourself. So 
what would you want for yourself if you were the other in the other person's shoes? What would you want someone to do for you? What would you want? How would you want them to treat you? I can't help but think of Philippians chapter two when talking about love. Also, notice that once again, this description is rooted in Jesus's love on the cross because that is the act of definitive. That act is the definitive definition of love. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 3, says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourself. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Verse 5, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Look, not to your own interests, but to the interest of others. So now the question for us is, how do we love other people? Do good to them. There's your most basic definition. Explanation. Do to them what you would want someone to do for you. Put their interests before your own. You know, it never says that love is always nice. This is one misconception that skews our understanding and causes us to sometimes not work for people's actual good. It, it, it often is nice, but not always. Jesus' love offended some to the point that they attempted to kill him, and they eventually do. Sometimes love points out error, as in a friend helping a brother or sister, seeing that they are lost and that they need Jesus and they will be in hell without him. Sometimes love is violent. Think, think of the mother who risks her own well-being to protect her children, fighting an intruder who wants to hurt them. That is love. So what is, what it is, that make, what is it that makes these acts loving and not evil or mean? It is the desire for good and the interest of others. Listen, the only absolute command in the way of Jesus is to love. Love God more than anything and love one another as yourself. All the other teachings in the New Testament give us, sim they, they simply teach us how to love God and love others correctly. God says it better than I can. Romans 12, 8 through 10. Listen to this. Paul writes, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So how do we promote the growth of the fruit of the Spirit in your life? First, embrace Jesus. If you are separated from him and not believing in him for your righteousness before God, do not wait a moment more because you are currently belonging to hell and not guaranteed another moment. Call out to him to save you and he will. That is a promise. Come to me or another Christian that you know and ask them to help you. There are tons of people in this room and in this community that can help you know and follow Jesus. Second, Daily remind yourself of the promises of God. When, 
trust that God can take care of you, that he is taking care of you, and that he is doing good to you. And then you can quit worrying about yourself because you know God has you under control and you can be humble and focus on other people. If I'm not worried about my own well-being, I can freely give because I know that God cares for me. If, if I know my identity comes from who God says I am and what he's done for me, I don't have to be hateful when I'm slighted and, and do what I think I have to to get what I'm entitled to. If I trust God has a future under control and that he's working in it, I don't have to fight with others to win. Finally, love your enemy. I want you to answer a question for me. Who do you not want to love? That person? Love them. If you don't know how, start by praying for their good every day. And start looking for a way to do something good for them. And if they reject you and what you do for them, that's fine. People rejected Jesus and his love too. If you can learn to love those who hate you and persecute you, those who are on the other team, those who you think are the bad guys, if you love them, then you are starting to love like Jesus. When you lash out, attack, smart off, argue, name call, roll your eyes, when you want to do these things, when you want to hurt them, love them instead. Care for them. Do something good. Listen to Romans 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be arrogant, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself. But leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I pray the Holy Spirit will grow this kind of love in our hearts. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, I'm Pastor Jeremy. And we would love for you to go to our website to find out more about us. It's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. As always, have a good week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.